understanding power dynamics with a practical approach. The ultimate guide to obtain, retain, and execute more power in every situation. Self-esteem. The desire to feel good and confident, is placed at the fourth rank in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but becomes a priority when it comes to the game of negotiation. And who wins the game? Clearly the one who is more confident, and is in power. Power, in common words, is defined as the ability of an individual to influence others' opinions, beliefs, and actions. Usually, it originates from hierarchies, the ranking systems present all around the world. Jordan Peterson once said in an interview that, hierarchies are inevitable. Problems are universal and solutions for complex problems create a need for hierarchies, which later on leads to creating a sense of power. But apart from hierarchy, Eric Liu points, there are six other sources of power. Physical force, wealth, state action like government rules and laws, social norms, ideas, and numbers displaying the collective intensity of interests. Being in power doesn't guarantee a powerful impact every time. The one who fails to operate power appropriately loses the game way more badly. To understand the entire game of power, and win it in real life, one needs to read and observe power with certain references to the books, fragments of history, and in-depth research of the science of power dynamics. And obviously, apply it. I've researched and self-tested every single sentence that I wrote here. Every theory, every technique, every advice. And I have seen great, nay, transformative results in my life. I began this quest for power four years ago and I recently got graduated from university. Before that, I was kind of a struggler, lacking in charisma, with poor communication skills, and socially awkward and often inactive. I was that invisible kid who you never knew. But then one day, I just decided to change. I don't know what got to me that evening, what Google search led me to decide that, but fortunately, it worked. I found this new perspective, a fresh mindset. All I needed was the right tools. So I began my search. I took baby steps, consciously applied every small piece of advice that fitted my current situation, acquired unconventional techniques to influence others, and learned to strategize my way through adversities. I did all of this until it became automatic, got rooted in my deep subconscious. Now I don't think as hard as I used to be, for planning and crafting my words. It is all natural now. And if a self-destructive person like me can do it, then you can do it too. In this article, I've divided all my lifelong lessons into three sections, obtaining power, retaining power, and executing power. So without wasting much time, let's begin. Survival of the Fittest, and Power Dynamics Charles Darwin once gave the concept of survival of the fittest in his Darwinian evolutionary theory, to describe the mechanism of natural selection. In unprecedented times of adverse conditions, only the fittest ones will survive. Similarly, when it comes to power dynamics, only the ones who are fit enough to figure out a way to snatch power from others, to their own self are the ones who survive. Most of us constantly keep landing ourselves into trouble, but only a few of us can find a way out to survive the situation, and take power into our own hands. Individuals who are habitual of trying to figure out solutions, instead of crying over problems, are considered to be more powerful and smarter than the others. One simple trick that works in most troublesome situations is that, to try to figure out what your opponent wants. If you know a person's wants, needs, or desires, 
you already know half of his strengths and weaknesses. And you can always leverage these while playing against them. Here are three simple things that you can do to obtain power, by figuring out what people want in real-life situations. Number 1. Cold Reading It's not necessary how we perceive someone in our mind is exactly how he really is in reality. Their desires and wants may differ from what we considered them to be. To win over them, it's important to understand what they really desire, instead of forcing our desires upon them. This kind of information gets reflected in their actions, and that's what you need to focus on. Number 2. Listening. People keep telling you what they want, directly or indirectly, all the time. You just need to listen to them carefully. It's crucial to know their strengths and weaknesses in order to use them later in the game. This is the very reason why talkative people don't obtain or retain much power in the first place, and the listener holds the upper hand in the end. Number 3. Asking people about their own stories. Sometimes, people don't tell or express enough, especially introverts. This is the case when you start asking them about their stories. Empathize with their own life struggles, and make them feel comfortable. Empathy helps you step into their shoes and feel their pain, stories, wishes, desires, and everything that's required to survive when the fight is against them. Once you understand your opponent's desires and wants, you will have better chances of winning this game by directly aligning your necessities and survival, with their goals and desires. Because your needs hold no importance to them, and all they care about is their own wishes and desires. So play it like a genius and use their desires against them, to fulfill yours. Commanding Respect and Power The difference between telling people that you are in power, and showing them who is in power, decides whether you will be someone asking for respect forever, or commanding it as a leader does. Power doesn't come from telling other people that you have it, but by showing them. A leader never has to ask his people to respect him. Isn't it something that we all crave for? Now tell me, is it the power that comes with respect, or is it the respect that comes with power? Well, you've to make some tweaks and changes to enhance your personality, and obtain the power and respect that you deserve. Number 1. Being comfortable with silence. You must be knowing a few people at your workplace or in your family who have a habit to start blooming suddenly from silence, like a thunderstorm to grab everyone's attention immediately and then switching back to a never-ending silence again. It does leave everybody stunned for a moment or two, doesn't it? That's the trick. Don't be so quick to answer or respond. Hold on and let people wait. A few seconds of silence creates fear and suspense which makes people go wondering about everything they said or did to you. They will listen to you with more attention the next time you speak. Number 2. Choosing the right words. What you say and how you say it, makes a hell of a lot of difference in the way people are going to respect you and your words. Switching some words like, will you, with you need to, or what will you, with you should, make people realize that you are not asking them, but commanding them, maybe subconsciously. The one who gives order is the one in power, remember that. Number 3. Setting the time. Time never stops for anyone but a powerful person can control the time of others whenever he wants. He makes people wait before speaking, unlike others, which automatically gives him more control in every negotiation. Others can't help but wait for him to speak. How does it sound to you? Rude, or powerful? Don't be afraid of experimenting with this little trick. Because trust me, it works. Take your time in a negotiation as if you own it.
Number 4. Closing the conversation. Another strong characteristic of a powerful person that makes him more influential and respectable than the others, is his tendency to get to say the last word in any conversation or discussion. He will either ask you to shut up and leave, or will leave the room himself when he is done speaking. Speaking last creates a sense of authority, and conveys the power that has a long-lasting impression. When you are in the middle of negotiation or discussion, observe others' arguments first before throwing in your opinions, and close the deal without giving them much time to come up with anything else. By doing this, you will realize that you are actually learning to take the steering wheel of negotiation into your own hands and make others go in the direction where you want to take them. Don't be afraid of taking control ever, because that's how you obtain the power. Retaining power. Power is not retained through physical force or violence, it needs much more sophistication than that. As you may have already known by now, power is not static, it flows from one person to another. So obviously, if there is something more important than obtaining the power, then it's the art of retaining power. There are four aspects that you need to control to retain the power that you have. Number 1. Controlling the timings. If you want to win the battle of power, you need to take control over, when something happens. Powerful individuals respond when it's the right time, or when speaking will make them the person in control. Learn from them. Be comfortable with silence and embrace the stress it creates in people around you. Be the one who decides, when and how, things are going to turn in your presence. It shows that you are confident with your power. For example, if a tough deal has to be closed in the next meeting, and nobody knows whether you are going to sell him your idea, or is he going to sell you his excuse, then to take control of this situation, simply start with controlling the time. You decide, when he should meet you and when the business conversation should start. This way, you show the person in front of you that you are a person of power and ego, and that you are the one in control. Number 2. Establishing the importance level. You have to be brilliant at making yourself appear to be more important in every situation. Learn how to snatch power from someone, and control the frame by deciding, who is more important. For example, in an interview, you can always disrupt the frame of control and the question why we should hire you? By changing who is of more importance with solid argument and conversation twists that suggest, why you should work with them? Number 3. Making clear the focus point of the discussion. What's the point of focus in any situation? Is it about you or someone else? doesn't matter what the answer is, you just need to take the attention and redirect the focus on yourself. Speak like you're the one who is most important here, and takes the controlling power into your own hands, to display the power that you have. You can take the example of the same monthly sales meeting wherein everybody is discussing declining team performance. Shift the focus point of a conversation by putting words on the table like what you learned from it, and how you can improve it. Number 4. Having a better place and position. Power is somewhat dependent on the place where the discussions or interactions are happening. Higher positions, in a literal sense, have more power than the others. That's why, in the earlier times, King's throne used to be slightly higher than his court. Obviously, this is not the case now. Right? Wrong. People may not consider themselves as kings but, they make sure that they get the comfy chair and you get the shitty one. Don't hesitate to switch positions or places if that could improve your confidence and make you feel more powered. If you want to be influential and grab attention while presenting your views in a discussion, don't keep sitting like everybody else. Get up, 
or even better, move around the board room, unless it's within the boundaries. This shift in your position will automatically boost your confidence, and establish a higher power status of yours than others. Executing power. Using frames in the negotiations. Anything that gives a structure or a context to the given situation, and to everything that we can say or portray, can be called a frame. They are present all around us, in words, in actions, in human behavior, in dollhouses and huge infrastructures. Everything that is structured, has a frame. For example, your arrogant boss is presenting the monthly sales record to the team in a meeting, and is highly disappointed by overall team performance. The presentation is structured, and it has a frame. And the situation wherein your boss is screaming at the team, is also structured with multiple frames, giving it a context of anger, disappointment, and control. Fortunately, there is not only one, but more than a hundred and one frames possible in any given situation. The man who is wise enough to identify the right point of view for his argument, before making his next move, is the one who strategically obtains more power as the negotiation goes on, and has better chances of winning at last. People with the most dominant and persuasive personalities are more prone to win the game of negotiation over the strugglers, just because of their ability to control the frames. In our day-to-day life, we often come across situations like we just discussed in the previous example, in which several frames are involved, like the frame of control, the frame of humor, the frame of anger, the frame of sarcasm, and so on. The moment we identify and redirect those frames, the negotiating power automatically comes into our hands. Three ways to understand and utilize these frames in real life are Number 1. Break their predefined frame. In heated conversations and brutal debates, people are usually well prepared with the appropriate responses for the expected reactions. It is the place where you cannot convince or persuade someone. Because they are already prepared with a frame of control over you. Take the same example of your boss where the situation has a frame of anger and control. You know it's not your fault because you did everything that you could, but you cannot convince him to stop being mad at you for that. So, what can you do next? Break their frame. Start with words like I totally agree with you, sir. We could have done better. This will break the frame and restructure the conversation to his interest. You will find it easier to put forward your constraints and issues later on. Using sarcasm or humor to break the context, set by someone highly restrictive in nature, works extremely well to persuade them. Disrupting their pattern and reframing the context by speaking as per their interests and needs is the way to break out of their cage, and to establish power and authority again. Number 2. Use their insults in your favor. I understand how hard it is to stay calm when somebody insults you. But it's a fact that instead of getting mad, the one who turns the frame of insult into the frame of control wins the argument. This can be done by using the insult to come up with a re-insult, or praising words but in a sarcastic way. For example, your friend mocks you at a party for not being aware of important news about some famous celebrity. You can either get annoyed and let the thought spoil your night, or you can simply laugh it away by saying some people have got better businesses to focus upon. It shows that you are not vulnerable to any insults or tricks, but confident enough to turn the game in your direction right away. So, never respond immediately when someone insults you. Pause for a moment, and turn the frame. Number 3. Restricting your opponent by creating options. What would you do if a person puts forward a set of options in front of you, 
but none of them are in your favor? Suppose, one of your business clients asks you whether you would be free on Monday or Wednesday, and you are not free on any of those days. Would you see if it's possible to take out some time from your schedule for closing this deal? If you are someone with some leverage, who is confident enough of his capabilities, then you won't hesitate in saying no and ask for the fourth option, what about Friday? And suddenly, your business client is not the person in power anymore, it's you. These small things may sound ridiculous at times, but they add up in the long run. Because power is not static. It flows from the other person to you, the moment you take control of the options. That is how you utilize the frames to get things done in your way and obtain more power in a negotiation. By now, you must have understood various aspects of power dynamics and skills required to win negotiations and planning strategies. It's not rocket science once you get the gist of it. Power dynamics are just a basic understanding of human behavior and perception that variates with simple actions. If you want to obtain a higher status in society and be identified as someone with great power, then you need to start applying this knowledge. It starts with obtaining power by having the courage and genius to snatch it from others, and shift the focus on yourself. Once you know you have got the power, the second step is to retain that power. This is done by extracting the necessary information using various techniques like cold reading, listening, and understanding what your opponent desires to use it, as the leverage, in any negotiation with them. Third and the final step is to execute that power with your clever and appropriate use of frames, like flipping the situation using what you've learned. Put these steps into use effectively, and see how success will chase you to the ends of the earth. Best of luck.